0: You're listening to The Snippets Career Podcast. Today's guest is Angela Young, entrepreneurship guru and ex-business owner. Community, collaboration, connection and entrepreneurship are at the core of who Angela is.
1: I don't think everyone, unless you know you want to be a lawyer or a doctor or something, that makes sense for the rest of the people. You've got to go find yourself. I'm a, I'm a lover of the gap here.
0: Yeah, okay. Interesting.
1: Go work, go do something else. Figure yourself out. You've got to do something, though. You can't sit on your ass and not do
0: something, anything. but all indecision, I think, can be a, a tough one. Because if you don't make a decision at that point, then you're kind of in limbo too. And I guess like I'm probably a good example of that. I did engineering and I got halfway through and I was like, I don't want to do this. But I finished the degree and it was the best thing I've ever done because it taught me how to think
1: yeah. And that's really you need to interview yourself because that's where people don't understand what university actually gives you.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's if it. It
1: tells you how to reason. Yeah. The information that you're given, how to think and look through it and, yeah, yeah, and that's it, that's justify it. why you should stand behind something. Exactly. yeah, it's not just about getting a job, it's something quite different. Anyway.
0: Beautiful. Okay.
1: God knows what we're talking about. You talk about my background. I don't know. I don't I was even i forced to go to uni. I don't even have Didn't a want book. To go.
0: I don't have a book, so I'll get, I'll get recording now just to let you know I have been recording. I was being a bit cheeky. <laughs> I missed a bit about work, so that's okay. That's good. We cut that out. Um, but yeah, so pun with, well, no, actually, I'm going to say it's Josh here uh, from the Snippets podcast, the career podcast. Um, today, we're joined with the lovely Angela. Oh, I have forgotten your last name.
1: Angela Young.
0: Angela Young. So she's quite young, um, very beautiful. Um, anyway, 50 so... 50 years <laughs> young. <laughs> 50 years young, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> so we're here at QT today. Uh, and Angela, I'd like you to, I guess, firstly summarise, I guess, give us a summary of who you are to everyone out there.
1: Oof, 50 years in one sentence. Who am I? So right now I am a community coordinator with the QT entrepreneurship team. What does that mean? I just help people find their pathway and their journey, whether that's with an entrepreneurial mindset. Do they want to work for themselves? Do they want to do something quite different? Are they tech talent, you know, that just wants to solve a problem? So that's kind of what I actually do, but how did I end up here? Like, it's not something that I studied for and went down a certain pathway. I've done lots of different things. Um, But always been really curious about uh, people and opportunities and connecting people to opportunities, I guess, is the larger part of who I am. I have had experience as a founder, so I know what it's like to step into the unknown and have a crack at something and get a lot of things terribly wrong, um, even through to losing your own company. So, you know, I'm pretty resilient. Um, There's not much now that I'm not game to do. Um, But at 50 years of age, I think I'm finding my stride. That's a really long time to wait. So why I help other people is to probably make the best use of their life when they're younger rather than waiting until they're 50 to go, oh, my God, I think I found out what I was born to do or what my natural talent is.
0: Hmm. I love that. That that really does summarise, summarise you very well. I, uh, I love how you said, I'll give you a sentence, and it was probably a very big paragraph, but that's okay. I love that because everyone's different. Everyone you know, has their two cents. Um, so you were saying that you were a founder of your own company previously. Mm-hmm. Can you delve into that in a bit more detail?
1: Yeah. Uh, so now, oh God, this is how old I am. Uh, it be nearly 20 years ago. Uh, my husband at the time and I loved the show New Inventors which was on the abc these people usually from universities engineers had created a thing and they would present it on the tv show and we always went wonder what happens to those things do they go out into the market i've never ever seen them i haven't heard of them um what if we could get money from wealthy people and using our skills he was an engineer um, i come from a comms marketing sort of background can we actually get these products into market Um, and and either sell them off or retain a little bit of, um, I guess, shareholding in them and and make money that way. So we thought, okay, the only way to do that, we we haven't got the money. We think we've got the skills, we don't really know. So we thought we'll do a thing called private equity. Didn't really know it. Um, We'd had some experience. My husband had in engineering. He was testing new products. Um, He was in non-destructive testing. So he was working with someone that was kind of doing this and testing new products into market to see where they'd fail or break. So we kind of had some validation that there was maybe a market there. We just had to get the money. Um, so long story short, we pitched at a, uh, the Sunshine Coast at the opening of their innovation centre, which was opening around the same time. We had connections in the university. And, and two weeks later somebody rang us and said, I've got a million dollars, let's go. And we went... What's go mean? We haven't really got a plan behind this thing. We didn't think, you know, asking for money and someone would actually come up with an idea would actually happen so quickly. So we then went looking for where do these inventions live? Uh, it's not now nowadays where there is places like where we're sitting at the moment, a co-working space where people can, you know rent free or for very minimal rent be actually able to work almost full time on their startup or their innovation idea and and tap into some resources and talent those things didn't exist so we were limited to what was in the universities um in their r&d spaces there was things like uniquest and, and a few others that were around that were actually trying to spin some companies out into market we looked we didn't really there was nothing there that we actually liked Um, So we went down a completely different path because we had a guy that had given us a million dollars that was really like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Where are we going? Uh, So we went, what if we bought some mum and dad businesses? They're getting, they've reached a certain size, they're getting too big, um, perhaps the family aren't interested in it being handed over. Maybe we can grab some of those and put them into the market. That sort of thing now is maybe a company that's scaling. It becomes a, big of a, a bigger monster. It's got lots of moving parts, lots of staff. And mm-hmm. the two people that have had it for 10 to 20 years go, oh, my God, how do we go next level? We were looking at retiring. Maybe we'll sell it. So we pulled out the courier mail at the time and went through businesses for sale. Had a look and we wanted something that was easy, I guess, and... Um, uh, for us, we, we the first company that we ended up acquiring, so we grew by an acquisition model, so we changed from being sort of private equity through to an actual company with one investor. So we acquired a company that had a local inventor. Uh, it was big in export. Mm-hmm. Very little that actually happened here. A, a bit of componentry was made here. And it was in this field called consumer electronics. We didn't have a background in that. Um we, you know, was no such thing as Google back then. Uh, we were selling to audiophiles at LLA. So we had to learn all of this sort of stuff. But the beauty of it was that there were OEMs, which were original equipment manufacturers. So they will buy component parts and they will turn them into their own products that they sell under their own brand name. So we had a world of these people, these OEMs in the consumer electronics market. So what we had was a product called a bullet plug, uh, made by Keith Eichmann, It was a local inventor here, well-renowned for the quality of the plugs that he made. So these are, you know, it sit at the end of a cable and you plug them into audio equipment, uh, particularly for audiophiles who like pure high-end music. So these are the guys that are spending a lot of money on usually vinyl, so it's a turntable, but their speakers, their plugs and their leads are the highest, highest quality. So really niche market. And it all just ran out of this little bubby company in brisbane um, and we just exported you know big quantities of plugs a different range of plugs to guys that put them together and you know we had companies like monster cables and those others big names that you know on the end of their cables were our plugs so it was a really nice one um that we just kind of found ourselves in this market we still then had money left over, like we didn't spend the full million dollars on that company and we went, what else now? So we went back to the, the Courier Mail and there was another company and we went, okay, we're now in this consumer electronics or electronics. Maybe this is our niche, this is our field. There was a company in Ballina called Tittinley Electronics and they were making uh, collars for animal tracking using RFID. And uh, Same thing. It had grown, the kids weren't interested in taking it over, so we had a look and went, Okay, we'll take it over. It kind of fits in this umbrella of what we're trying to do. Uh, So, yeah, we acquired that company. The same, it was bigger overseas than it was in Australia, but that was okay. We were exporting. The Aussie dollar was not great at the time, which is, we ended up figuring out it was great for exporting. So, we acquired that company and bought it in, um, and then from there, over seven years, we acquired another. I think three companies that were around Brisbane, very similar, all in this consumer electronics uh, space. We used to travel to CES, which is the big worldwide consumer electronics show that's held in Las Vegas, um, like around New Year's, beginning of the year. Every year, and that's where you just met your market. So we landed in this space we really didn't know much about. We learnt really quickly. Yeah, You have to buy get into real estate and you have to have a look at the stock take and go okay we need a bigger shop than we actually thought um so yeah that's what we did and uh why don't i do it anymore and why am i sitting here talking to you and not fabulously wealthy (laughs) sitting in the on a beach in the caribbean (laughs) yeah it blew up yeah it all blew up and that was just on founder issues that weren't resolved from day one um there was uh, a bit of fraud actually happening that yep. got exposed, so, you know, and we had to go through that sort of horror of building a company that had about 70 employees through, oh, my God, this is all now falling over, and we got to walk away and try and start again, so I went back to a uni that I understood.
0: That's so tough. So that's
1: my to- story. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think I've, I've spoken to you about it briefly before, but I think... I haven't spoken to you in so much detail about it, and it's um, yeah, it must have been so rewarding. But at the same time, when you got to that point where you had that the difficulties with the fraud and things like that, going okay, well, I need a pivot now. Like, what what are we going to do? That change and that turning point. So, what? How did you? I guess deal with that, or or what was the? Pro- can you remember the process of? I can from remember like a when it happened, <laughs> yeah. From when it happened, we, you were a mess for six months and you were like, what am I going to do? Where am I going? Where are we getting money from? All those Absolutely. things.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So we, you know, we were, we were quite well off and, were, and, you know, earning quite decent money, had kids in private schools, driving flash cars, all that sort of stuff that you do. And the plug gets pulled on all of that. Mm. Um, and because the company was going over at the time, you know, we were joining several on luxury car leases, five of them uh rent computer rental there was a lot just rolled up in that and yeah the plug's gone um and there's a whole lot of stuff going on so yeah just no money the money stops coming in and because we're being you know looked at have we embezzled and done all this sort of stuff and we're like no we were actually putting all of our dividends you know we we were reinvesting we weren't drawing down um so it was horrific um, I remember it clearly at the time, uh, we were in a bloody, at that time, oh, am I allowed to swear? Uh, the oh, we'll rent, just I just remember the rent being $1,000 a week rent, so $1,000 a week rent, I had to feed my kids, I had to have them at private schools, like, there's just a lot of working parts that just went, holy, what do we actually do? Fortunately, you know, I have family that were there and actually said, okay, we can help, we'll help you out for a time while you just figure this out. Which they did, and, you know, very fortunate that I had that, but we very quickly had to get out of where we were renting, find somewhere else, um, and, and at the time, that my husband at the time was an emotional wreck. Yeah. This was very much his baby, we couldn't believe what had happened, uh, you know, very depressed, didn't think you could ever work, you know, when you work for yourself you don't think, oh my God, now I'm unemployable because I do all sorts of I do what i want in my own business we don't know if it's right uh, thinking you and you can't show your face like even though we hadn't done anything wrong there was a lot that that went on and it's like oh my god that's embarrassing mud sticks we need to actually go and hide and it was me that went okay i need to step up he can't work i'm gonna have to step up i'm gonna have to go and get some sort of job uh it doesn't need to be a great job i'm i'm not confident so i underplayed my skills and said i want no staff no responsibility i've got a, a world of hurt you know outside of work i just want to come in here and just do something so i'm contributing and the wheels are still turning a little bit while we figure everything else and yeah i called up someone i would worked for 20 years ago ended up being the dean of studies at qut and said i need your help mm. um i'm in this situation i need a ...do you remember what I used to do when I worked with you? I'm going to have to pull that out and put it on a resume. And I've never had to have had a resume. So fortunately he was fantastic and, you know, spent time with me... ...and helped me get a resume together and then I applied for a job. At QT, that was a little bubby job. Um, I did that for three months and it was a little bit too bubby for me... Um, you know and six months later I ended up as the executive assistant to the vice chancellor <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh it's funny how things work i think you know sometimes you just need that though that you know that random sort of job that just gets you through that point too um yes yeah, shelter from a
1: storm it was i knew i would turn up in the morning and just drop my baggage at that front door yeah and i knew for eight hours I was busy enough and I didn't have to worry about that baggage. Yeah, yeah. Walk out at 5 and go and eh. I don't know now I got to pick the baggage up and put on the brave face and just be able to front all this other stuff. So it was yeah, it was 8 hours of I guess respite.
0: Mm. So what would be if you could go back and speak to yourself what what would you have said at that point when you were at that bottom point what would you say to Angela what would you say?
1: looking at the negatives, find the positives because that took me seven years to actually come to terms with all that went wrong and go, okay, we didn't really do anything, you know, we weren't underhanded and actually do anything wrong to make that happen but we're still part of a process so I need to accept that that happened. But look at all the good. I'd forgotten all the good. Mm. I'd forgotten all the great stuff that I'd done. So I was so, this kind of so wounded and wanted just to hide I'd forgotten that I was capable and... We had done stuff that was really exciting and and different, and I hid that for seven years. I had a big blank in my in my CV and just said, "Yeah, raise kids," because I didn't want to. I couldn't talk about. I just thought it was too too shameful and whatever. And you just go, it's this. It's it's a little bit. Yeah. There was more of the actual positive and positive stories, so it was yeah.
0: I think it's that growth that you get through that point you know for you now you're, you're obviously much more resilient as a result of that so when new things come now you know like your next job like you're gonna kill it you're gonna kill it you're <laughs> the perfect person for it you know speaking to you yesterday and you're like oh it i'm a little bit nervous that. yeah but that's it, it excites you <laughs> now ch- change your mindset on it um i, should, yeah. I think it's exciting, it's changed, like it's all it's always ner- like it's always nerve wracking to change. But the more you accept that change, the better you feel. Oh and yeah,
1: and you should always go for the you got someone said your goals are not big enough. Um if you're not overwhelmed or you're not actually scared yeah. by doing something, yeah. that's the right path. Go the path that scares you. Mm. Don't go the path that seems comfortable. Yeah. So I'm doing that, but I'm doing it at fifty two.
0: 52.
1: I'm not 52 yet. Nearly. You don't.
0: You don't look 52. <laughs> I was gonna say early 40s. Come on, but Let, let's be honest. Anyway,
1: <laughs> I got big kids. Big <laughs> kids with big problems. But yeah, that's the only thing that I went. Is it too late? And then you go, nah. My nan just turned 98 yesterday, so mm.
0: that's Crazy. a bit more time. And what is she doing at the moment? My nan. Yeah. <laughs> She out and about or
1: no uh, she wishes she could be yeah no, she's gone through all that hell of being in a nursing home mm. uh, but she is almost self-sufficient she's she's just a little bit fragile uh, but yeah she bathes herself she's up at eight in the morning with makeup on dress bed made oh, yeah. so she's suffering in that kind of thing but you know it, it hasn't been a great two years being in nursing homes She's in the uh, central coast of New South Wales, which has been really hard for us to actually get there when borders and things like COVID. that were closed yeah, for yeah. so long and they were locked up. So, so even sad. if we could get down there, we, we couldn't even actually get in, yeah. in Sierra. And, but no, she's still rocking. She's still alive and with it. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I've got another 40-odd years. <laughs> that's,
0: that's impressive for 98, <laughs> to though. To
1: go and do my next thing.
0: Yeah. Okay. so yeah
1: i'm trying to uh, i've never worried about age really yeah. only that i just never knew what i wanted to be when i grew up but now i think once you hit 40 50 you kind of go i know what i don't want to do therefore i think mm. i begin to see you know why was i put on my this earth what is my talent mm. you kind of reach that and went that would be great to get that when you're 20 to 30. but i think the message is you've got to go through life
0: yeah, experience.
1: You can't you can't shortcut that.
0: Completely agree with you. So what's next then?
1: What's next? Is the yeah, going into the corporate world again. Um, you know, I've been at, in the university world for ten years and kinda went, I think for for me and I don't even really know what I want to do beyond that. So I'm gonna go back to corporate. Mhm myself of higher ed, but I've been pigeonholed, so I'm worried that you get pigeonholed in, you know, I only work with startups that are in universities. What about the real startups out there? So, this is the test put your money where your mouth is. Can I give the same advice to someone that's paying it and actually see the needle shifting and actually see them growing and getting returns? So, chasing that kind of space, um, still looking for my. What's next? Because I'm naturally curious and a, and a bit of an opportunity seeker. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't found the next thing that that makes the sense, but I see lots of opportunity all the time. So I think I'm just going into this corporate space and getting close with, you know, a lot of scale ups, and just seeing what do I absorb and seeing where does that take me in the next ten years. <laughs>
0: Hey guys, thanks for listening. Just want to take a quick break to let you know that our website, our careers website is up and running. It's just snippetsoflife.com.au, which is S-N-I-P-P-E-T-S of life.com.au. Let's get back into it. So, are you able to tell me what the like what the name of the role <laughs> <What> is? <laughs> sure. Are no, you are you, gonna, are you able yeah. to talk yeah, about yeah, yeah, it? Yeah, nice. So, I know that it might be confidential or no, no, whatever. No, so, there. so I'd love to know the like the name of the role and yep. what you'll actually be facilitating what or what you you're, you're going to be doing in terms of your role.
1: Okay. So, the name of the role is Associate Director/Head of Startups oh. at BDO. So, it's uh, a mid-tier Professional services uh, company, uh, predominantly known for accounting and financial services, but they have moved into more consulting professional services space, and that means very similar role to what I do here. Um, so they have startups so they run a CEO school, which runs for twelve months, which startups actually pay for um, to go through because most people who end up as a founder are running a company and go I, I, um, it says yeah in my title that i'm the ceo and founder but i don't have the skills i haven't i haven't done any course i haven't done um, you know anything i'm just winging it the whole way through so what it does is bring structure financial education and a little bit more what do you actually need to know and you learn it over a course of y- over the year so that's kind of briefly what it is there is more involved there is consulting and other things going on but Yeah, BDO, you know, have moved into that space of financial education or educating people um, to understand what have they actually got sitting in front of them. And if you're a founder of a company, to understand your financials. The very thing I did not understand, the very thing that made us fall over because we gave that responsibility to someone else Mm. um, is huge for me, just going, oh, my God. You know, we were taught to read uh, a profit and loss, not balance sheet. So I did the, one of the BEDO courses and they said, oh, profit and loss, you can hide stuff in there on a balance sheet. You can't actually hide it. And I went, bingo. Why did my co-founder not teach us that side of things? But we were foolish and just went, you do all the financials, we'll do everything else, so we'll just sign what you tell us to sign. So you need to understand your financials, know what you, what's going on. Have you got cash flow to do what you want to do? And, and then if I want investment, and my investment ready? What else do I need to know? So it puts them on a pathway and actually gives them, I guess, some structure um, rather than just winging it. So a little bit more confidence.
0: Yeah, okay. I love that. I think it's that structured chaos because it is, I guess, entrepreneurship or doing your own business is really tough. It is. You it's
1: putting out fires.
0: Yeah, that's it. Constantly. Constantly. I feel like that's just my life. Well, that's constantly. normal. <laughs> yeah. And,
1: go- and better understanding, yeah, how else – what does it actually mean and and where is it leading? Am I actually in business? that's a huge thing. Mm. A lot of people don't understand their financials, say, yeah, 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 I'm making money, and you're like,, hey, actually let's put it through the right kind of you know uh, you know accounting and financial systems to actually understand that you might be shocked mm. are you paying yourself? Yeah, all of that sort of stuff in there
0: That's tough okay, well, I want to get back to this is a early question, I guess. Is So you did originally, you said marketing and commerce, is that correct? Communications. Communications. So you did that. Do you want to delve into that a little bit more in terms of the start of your career? So you went from high school. I
1: grew up in Rockhampton. Rocky. So Rocky in the the 80s. Um, Huge blue collar town. Most of the people I went to school with, most didn't finish year 12. They left in grade 10 and went to a trade. Um, if they got to grade 12 they were walking out and doing nursing because then nursing was trained in a hospital you didn't do it at university Um, you're a hairdresser you worked at the bank that's what all my friends were doing Um, unfortunately for me I came from Sydney my parents were educated (laughs) Um, Though I lived in Rockhampton with all these people that were not going to uni they were going off and doing trades that's what I thought I was going to do but my parents had a ...different idea and said, no, no, you're going to university. I'm not. Why would I do that? None of my friends are. Anyway, it was coercive control or whatever it was. I thank them now, but I ended up going to the university... ...and at the time, what is now CQU, was in Rocky. So it was a credible university. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I took the simplest thing... ...and said I'll do a Bachelor of Arts. Got in, turned up, chosen completely the wrong subjects... Did okay in the first six months. Thought, ooh, I don't really like this. So The second six months, um, I didn't go to uni. I went to the local pool because my boyfriend at the time ran right, the local pool, so I didn't know about census date and all that sort of stuff. So straight fails, fail, 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 fail. Fortunately for me, it was pre-hex,
0: so it was free. So it was free. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway, <laughs> it was that's another topic.
1: Free. So then I get a show course letter from the registrar and I've got to own up to mum and dad. i got this show course letter. Why should I come back to the uni? What am I going to do? I really don't like my course. Went back and they went, okay, what do you actually want to do? So I was doing a Bachelor of Arts, which was, you know, I, wasn't, I was doing journalism. I uh, can't even think what I was doing right at the beginning that I really did not like. Um, but they had psych and that was in the the arts degree and went, oh, i'm kind of interested in like not so much the journalism um i really like marketing but it's that over there in the business degree and back then you didn't have these dual degrees they were very separate there was pr coming up in uh the bachelor of arts that's kind of interesting but then education had outdoor rec and I went, okay i'm sporty i like all that sort of stuff so was having a number of conversations fortunately in the time i knew people high up. I knew people in education so I I spoke to them about what I wanted to do and they said you need to go and talk to heads of school and course coordinators, make sure that some of these subjects are weighted evenly and then we might allow you to do a major that is not straight under the arts degree. So I did, went and picked a range of subjects, picked economics, hated that, failed that. So I did a lot of I guess fluffing around trying to figure out where I actually best fit. So the marketing, PR and psych made sense. And then I did the outdoor rec. So I was just looking for, to do this video job, I had to um, you know, have a copy of my degree to prove that I had a degree. And with that you get your transcript. And I went, <laughs> have a look at that. But what I noticed in that and what I always knew that yeah, there was a series of pass and fail in the first couple of years but the last two years is distinctions and high distinctions because then I was choosing exactly Mm. what I wanted to do and had to learn more about myself but it was ridiculous how many subjects I'd actually done, how many majors and minors I'd actually done in that time. Um, I did pay for the last two years of that so (laughs) it didn't cost me, I think it was $5,000 was my HEX bill. But back then, when you got your first job, when you got your first job, I think it was on 22 grand?
0: Yeah, okay. Well, that's that's proportionate to your age. That's a lot.
1: But I look now and went, yeah, in the beginning, I did not want to go to uni. And just like we were talking earlier on, that you realise what is uni, it's not the skill, like it's not the technical skill that you learn. It's understanding how to learn, how to look at information and evaluate the information and... um, you learn so much more so once i had done that i went okay thank god mum and dad kind of pressured me and my friends will say that now like we were unusual um you know your parents did the right thing by making you go to uni we all had to do it in our 30s and 40s yeah
0: which is harder i think yeah it definitely is um it allows you to think in a specific way i'm a big believer in the ability to learn new skills even when you finish so for me i've done engineering but i'm of the belief and if i was an employer i would give everyone an equal opportunity doesn't matter what degree they did if it was that way inclined you know say for example nursing you can't do that as a doctor you can't do that you need to go study you need to go through that process but for certain things like entrepreneurship and business and things like that I think it's more so the attitude and the way you think, and how you apply yourself to that job, rather than your prior knowledge, mm. because you can have all the knowledge in the world, but be so bad at your job, yeah, um, or you're not, you're unable to communicate with people. Or, you know, there's so many different aspects that come into it, bar you know getting a seven at uni, um, and yeah, I think it's just so different. But anyway.
1: It's being, I, I think it's, once you learn how to learn, that it's not um, It's not so off-putting, you want to actually learn more. So I wasn't put off, I actually enjoyed sitting in the library and going, uh, this seems interesting, I'm going to go deep on this and just learn. Whether I applied or not, it was just some things, I'm curious about something, so go deep. And I think that's off-putting to some people that haven't been to university because the last time that they learnt something was either a skill or it was at school and it was pass-fail. It was just do it for no other reason than you're just curious and uh, I pull things out of my back pocket every now and then that's like from 30 years ago. I read a thing 30 years ago. Here I now use it now. Yeah. But it's just that, I don't know, be curious, be open-minded, don't be so closed off. Who says you have to do something in a certain way
0: yeah yeah i completely agree beautiful well (laughs) i've got a next question is to do with career advice what would be the one piece of advice you give to someone in terms of career advice
1: for career advice (laughs) try don't say yes to opportunity is a huge one people get really tied up in what's the pathway what's what's the big picture and and will overlook when an opportunity presents itself and and maybe yeah if we if you choose the thing that scares you um when you're looking for jobs you you try and particularly for females you will stick with the thing that you can tick everything single box on but you know who says that you can't actually land in there and figure it out you know what you need to know once you've you've landed in there so I'm a big believer in say yes to opportunity and work out all those other bits later don't be afraid to ask for help if you land in a job that said you need to know financials clearly the job that I just applied for and I said you are aware that I do not know that financials is my not my strong suit but what I'm good at is finding the information I need or connecting to the person that's 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 stronger in that area than i am doesn't mean i'm going to hand it to them i'll learn through them but it's that guided and it's just go and find the people that complement or have got that skill set they actually need you can you can manage that and still grow and be successful in a job so that would be the best just say yes figure out the other stuff don't overthink it everybody overthinks way too much and the planets never perfectly align life will throw you at crappy sandwich at some stage but just yes deal with what comes next week
0: that's it i love it no that was great i I love that that piece of advice because i think i can i guess i don't know what the word is i relate to it a lot and i think for me too like i've probably come to you for advice and come to you for support in terms of jobs and stuff like that and it's been um very rewarding. And I and I know that you obviously, you play a big role at QT and people are going to miss you because you're that person, you know, people come and go, hey, Ange, like, I'm just thinking about this. What do you reckon? And you go, oh, that's a good idea, but have you thought about it in this sort of way? Or, you know, you kind of try and create that perspective, not give the solution, but in God, terms I was just of hoping,
1: oh, my God, do I don't tell you what to do. do no, I? no, Because no. normally I try not to and go, this is your life, Let's mm. let's pick apart things and that's normally you know i know you quite well and that's what you know i meet most people and i will spend time with them and i figure out the thing that connects them and then i figure out what do i know about this person maybe what have they not unlocked or yeah. they don't actually see the potential or they know it but they're scared or whatever so mine, I'm, I'm the support act that is just we'll chat i'll give you the confidence and hopefully you go and do something or you do the research or will plant a seed somewhere and hopefully you find it. So I try not to – it's not my thing to tell anyone and even giving business advice, it's your business. Mm. It's not my business. I can go, why Why would we do that if we're heading in this direction? Just think about it in maybe different perspective or with a different lens on. Mm, mm,
0: completely agree. Okay, so <laughs> what about your – if you had – one like book or podcast or anything like that to recommend, what would it be? It doesn't have to be career-related. It can be life. It can be whatever you want.
1: What would it be? I listen to everything. I don't know if there is just one.
0: Well, that's it. You've I only don't got think one.
1: there is just one. So I listen to a heap of different podcasts for a heap of different reasons and it's just trying uh, a whole heap and actually seeing who do I actually resonate with. ...with who are talking. So one of my favourites is um, when I come to work on the bus... ...I listen to This Working Life, which is on the ABC app. And it's just 20 minutes um, and it's about all aspects of life. Boster okay. syndrome, like, you know, dealing with bad bosses... ...whole heap of different stuff. It's just all of that stuff that involves. So that's pretty interesting to me. So from there, there'll be something else... Big listener of anything that Brene Brown is pushing out, so I think you know she's got a lot of good stuff to do, to do, to talk about, or you should actually be listening to Um, a book. Probably the one, and I just got it recently and read it again myself, and gave it to my son that was going through some stuff. But Viktor Frankl's *Man's Search for Meaning*, yeah, which is you know his story when he was in concentration camp and. Or, you know, people died and, you know, how did he keep going on with hope and that sort of stuff is really, really, you know, people can thr- thrive and survive in the most awful of circumstances where they have no control. Yeah. How do you actually get through that and then how does that help you with life? So you can read that and go. Oh. Uh, I also read Dylan Alcott's book, um, Abel. Yeah. That was huge too, just going, you know, he's born with all of these things that don't make him able but... He draws on these other things that make him more able, and yeah. than us that have been boor- born with no disabilities. So you got to have a hard look at yourself and go, "You can do that." What yeah. are we doing?
0: It's that perspective, I guess. You know, like uh, obviously, your situation can be worse. You know, yeah. and they no, just m- no matter where you are, it can be worse.
1: Yeah, and they're just they're motivated by something other. That doesn't mean they haven't gone through the dark days and things like that. But it's that. How do I? Life that's meaningful with you know the crap that I've been given, and you we know, go us that are being given everything, yeah, we've also got to make a meaningful life because we can fall through the cracks really, really easily. Mm-hmm. So it is. Go read books. Read whoever recommends whatever. Go read a bit of Adam Grant. Love him. There's a whole heap. I've read a lot. That's good. I listen to podcasts. I want to learn how to do investing in shares, so I'm listening to Equity Mates. And make it simple yeah. to understand. So, And that's kind of my nature. I will go and listen to a podcast or I'll read a book and find who's the people that speak in my language so that I understand and then I'm a bit more confident to move forward with something.
0: Great. Well, I think we'll leave it at that. I, you really wrapped thank it up, you. you summarized. So thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it, as always. You are welcome. Gonna miss you at QT. It's gonna be sad. But I'll
1: still be around.
0: Yeah, hopefully It's a
1: different part of the CBD.
0: Yeah, you'll be, you'll still be around for like drinks and things like that. Yeah, still yeah. part of the
1: ecosystem, so they'll be beautiful. Still involved in that.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you very much. Thank Appreciate you Josh. Thank you for listening to another snippets podcast. Don't forget to subscribe for more career content.